0: I think Shotzi's got a lot of room for improvement on this game, and I think so does Dashi's.
1: If you look at Toronto, they are doing all the extra outside-of-the-game stuff to another level compared to these other organizations.
2: They should have far more first places than they do second places, and I, I think it kind of is a stain on their legacy.
1: Welcome back to Reverse Sweep. Make sure you guys go to prizepicks.com forward slash reverse sweep and use code RARESWEEP for a first deposit match up to $100. We're fresh off a fantastic weekend here at Major One. I'm here with my two co-hosts, Pat and Chris. The first stage of the Cdl is finished, and Toronto are champions. I know Pat's happy about that. He loves Toronto, but um, how did the guy? How did the event go as you guys expected?
2: Ah, uh, I thought it was a really good event overall. I don't know where New York went. Um, that 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 one kind of blew my mind uh i guess rocker took their place for this event but overall i thought we got some really good games I, i'm glad we got more of these top four matchups and i think now we can finally get a better idea of maybe uh that you know where these teams sit in a tier list and maybe we'll do that in a future episode but it's a good weekend
0: yeah i was uh, pleased with how the weekend went and had a lot of amazing matches um it kind of sucks that the sundays the sunday was a little bit of a wash for the most part with most of the matches however um, the match leading up to that point. There was a lot of upsets. Obviously, Rocker made a run. LAG and Ravens made a tiny little run as well. But so, seeing some of these teams that people kind of underrated or uh, didn't really see going far, uh, making some <laughs> some decent runs and causing some upsets was pretty awesome to watch. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a great weekend, man.
1: Yeah, I think for me, like, the first event of the year is always one of those ones where you come in and you it sets the standard for the entirety of the season. And I think for me, like... Coming into this event, we were all kind of saying the same thing where you see the teams like Toronto, you see the teams like FaZe. They are all like a step above, from in my opinion, from third to 12. I think the third to 12, they, all those guys can trade wins against each other. FaZe and, and Ultra are just a step above those guys. So I think the, uh, that kind of like solidified that for us this weekend. You know, but all those predictions, all those kind of conversations we had going in. We had obviously all of our predictions we had phase ultra in the finals and it showed i mean there was a massive golfing golfing class in terms of those those teams and the rest so i think for us it kind of confirmed everything uh for me i think optic obviously coming in and having a great performance here was was a big deal as well because you know they had a bunch of up and down performances online they had days where they looked unbeatable they had days they looked terrible and I think this weekend they came in they've got the fans behind them and they kind of returned to that Optic that you know you think they can be and at the same time though if you're an Optic fan you want them to be winning tournaments you want them to be in the same conversation as Ultra and FaZe so it's one of those weird ones for Optic fans they're probably sitting there like disappointed but at the same time I think it's a good result for them this weekend so what do you guys think about Optic's performance this weekend anyway
2: Um, I mean they got their revenge right against Miami and then they had two good uh, series i believe surge and rocker um yeah. i mean they did what they had to do right they and that's what we were doubting a little bit from the online stage was you know are they going to come in and and not get upset um and they did i mean they they beat who they had to beat and then they played phase pretty close the first time i would say you know going down getting nesoed by phase is always uh kind of a shocker because you know how much talent is on phase we expect them to dominate hard points every time um but they managed to take two off of them and then, yeah, on Sunday morning, it was just a little bit different story. FaZe, I think, had their number in the in the respawns. And um, I think it was just almost like a skill diff, though, a little bit on on, on Sunday. Um, you know, that phase team is scary when they get hot. And I think you know, <laughs> outside of Pred, the rest of that squad didn't really show up in that series. And that's kind of what I was let down by. I mean, Pred, I, I'll give him his flowers. Like, he looked like LeBron all weekend. You know, no, no matter what, he fried almost every single map. Um, so that was impressive. He probably had one of the more consistent tournaments for that, you know, SMG style role outside of obviously our MVP Kleenex. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I thought optics probably happy with, you know, locking down their their third spot. Um, but still, I think there's a ways to go for them to catch up for the top two dogs.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much on the same page as you, Pat. My thing was it was good to see them like obviously be competitive and like get to Sunday. Um, simply because, obviously, there was question marks going into the weekend, whether they were going to be able to achieve that with some of the other teams looking a little bit better and more consistent than they were. But at the end of the day, they do end up getting a Sunday. But once we got there, man, like, yeah, they had that close match uh, against FaZe on Saturday. But outside of that, I just didn't see, a like, a way that they beat, like, FaZe or Toronto, like, that whole Sunday. Like, they just – um. They're just not that like good in SD. and I feel like um, Toronto and Faze are both really great S and D teams. And then their hard point, yeah, it's it's pretty good. But obviously, whenever Kenny is not having um, you know an insane series like he has been lately, um, you start to kind of see the flaws on this roster with players like Dashy, players like Shotzi just not performing um, as well. As you might expect, some of those players to do. I think shotzi has got a lot of room for improvement on this game, and I think so does Dashi. Um, they just um, they haven't looked like themselves, um, like at least from a consistency perspective on the, the last couple of matches that we've watched. And um, yeah, for, for if if they want to win a tournament this year, which I'm assuming is their goal, right? They ended up actually bringing on you know some superstar talent to help them achieve that. They need to step up their game because uh, with the amount of talent that they have. Um, they should at least be having cons- competitive series with these two top teams every single time, not just once.
1: Yeah, no, 100%. I think that if you look at this team coming into the season, <clears throat> you're putting them in the conversation like you want to see them grand finals, you want to see them winners finals, you want to, you want to see them like, pushing these teams, but at the end of the day they just came in and obviously they did look like the third best team, but at the same time they didn't look like they could compete against Ultra and FaZe, and I think that's the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway because coming into this event, Um, they were obviously underperforming and they did at the same time overperform I guess their expectations coming in but at the same time you know you you rewind to the offseason and you're expecting these guys to be in the finals or at least in the conversation and I think that although they got third I think there's still like a bit of a gap between those guys and Faze and Ultra and I think that's something that they need to really really nail down on going into this next look stage because I think that the game's gonna completely change now. You've got a bunch of hard point changes, you've got a bunch of um opportunities here to like, you know, rewatch all the VOD and, and fine tune things in terms of S and D and control. But at the end of the day, I think that they're one of those teams that they can be in that conversation, but they, they don't have the same teamwork at the same time as as those other guys. So I think so- it's
2: Something that's yeah. interesting, though, like, we, we you know, obviously we're talking about these guys being our defined top three, right? And I think we can all say that Ultra is for sure number one. They're ahead of Phase, and Phase is for sure ahead of Optic. Yeah. But I want to see an Optic versus uh, Ultra matchup. Like, I'm really curious. Like, I, I do think Ultra is the better team, but I, but we've seen this before in years past where it's like sometimes in our top three, like, A will be better than B, but C will be better than A. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not always... Um,
1: Matchup-based. You know what yeah I mean? yeah like and
2: so i'm curious if yeah. optic could could put up a better fight than we saw phase do against ultra
1: that's true that's a good point i think the matchups are a big thing called like historically you know like you have maybe their strongest maps tailored to optic and then they optic come in they can win both hard points maybe they grind that an snd and then you see them winning against a team like ultra but yeah i think it's one of those ones where it just depends on the improvement that optic make coming into this next major if you do intend to see that but at the end of the day all these teams need to be able to perform against whoever uh, if you want to win you be, you got to have a system you got to have a a plan that can beat against every single team and i think that optic although they look great they obviously have a lot of deficiencies in certain areas
2: which i think is also where new york struggled right like new york nah. we, we they were supposed to be yeah. our top four team they came yeah. in and got double first rounded um and they beat teams that yeah arguably like they should never lose to or they lost to teams they should never lose to um so yeah i mean out of them i that you know it's it's multiple teams obviously that need to come home and absolutely grind for these next two off weeks that they have before the league matches start back up and and figure out this new patch and um you know just kind of Honestly, I mean we talked about this before, learn from what Ultra's doing right. I mean, Ultra look clear cut above everybody, and I think every single team has something to learn from these guys. Um, and they have a whole weekend of footage to do so. So um I'm curious to see, you know, what these teams do when they get home.
0: Yeah. I'm in the same boat. Agreed.
1: And before we like go into our prize book segment, I wanna talk about the the phase finals record because I think that is an interesting an interesting stat. The FaZe guys in Grand Finals are 7-12, and 12, which, you know, I think most of us would consider busy Simp, one of the greatest, if not the greatest Joe of all time, and FaZe, one of the greatest Call of Duty teams of all time, but whatever reason, they've been in multiple Grand Finals, and they're not able to translate that performance that you see online to the main stage where it comes down to those crunch moments of Grand Finals. And why do you think that is? Like, is there any particular reason or do you think it's just one of those ones where maybe they've been favored in certain finals and they've just came in and, you know, threw a few away, but they've choked a few at the same time or is it, is there another issue or is it just completely just a gaze stat? What do you guys think?
0: Honestly, bro, like it's one of those things where we can probably look at it from so many angles. And yeah. I'll bring up a couple because, I mean, it could be mapped. It could be mapped um, like map. Uh, what is it called? A map like map shrink, like having a big map pool. That's yeah. what it is. Um, we're, whenever they get to those best of sevens, those best of nines, whatever the hell the format changed over the years. Maybe they just struggle in that in that sense where they're either not doing their vetoes properly or maybe their map pool isn't, isn't as deep as we might think it is whenever they're playing against some of these teams or uh, maybe they just choke. Maybe they're just choking under pressure. And like, you know, they did have a lot of championship wins, uh, in the past. Obviously they still have a lot of championship wins, but, um, nowadays I think some of the teams that they're playing, they're just a lot more, um, stacked. So they're giving them a run for their money. It also could be tournament endurance, right? At the end of the day, like these teams can be very good throughout a whole tournament, but as the weekend progresses and progresses and progresses, obviously that takes a toll on your mental, right? You, you you have to sleep through every single one of those, uh, um, days in those tournaments, and, you know, at the end of the tournament, you know, some of these players can get probably tired. Um, that could also be a thing. I mean, I don't really know what it is. I mean, at the end of the day, like, we watch how they perform and their consistency factor. The fact that they're getting there is um, incredible, but they're obviously not closing them out as um, consistency consistently as you might think. A team as dominant as FaZe is, right, with the rest of the record being so good. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Pat? Um, well, I guess my first thing is, like,
2: this is part of the reason that, like, this phase dynasty gets, like, um, degraded a little bit, right, comparing the other two dynasties that we've had because of their their finals pedigree. They, They obviously get there a hell of a lot. They've had an absolutely dominant run in the CDL era, but you would expect that they have a winning record when they get to the finals. They should have far more first places than they do second places, um... And I, I think it kind of is a, a little bit of a stain on their legacy. Um, it's, it's, it's also a reason that they've made some roster changes in the past, right? They started with Alec. They went to Slasher. They now wanted more power. They get Draza. Um, it is it is a weird stat, and it doesn't really make sense. It's just one of those things where, like, they just don't seem to clutch up in the grand finals. and they or I, I'll even take out the finals and say Sunday, right? Like They look like a completely different team on the first three days of the tournament than they do on what? Sunday. Um, and, you know, that could have multiple factors. They're obviously playing better teams on Sunday than they are before, but they, they, they online, they, they go flawless half the time. Maybe they lose one series. So um, I'm really not sure what it is about this squad and not being able to ice up on Sundays and just, you know, play at their peak, which we know they they have. I don't think they at their peak this weekend. Uh, Ultra just outclassed them. Um so yeah, I don't I don't know if it'll ever get solved. It was one thing in Vanguard when they like lost every single finals they got to, right? Like it was like, what the hell is going on? Like how is this happening? But um, yeah, maybe they'll maybe they'll turn that around this year. It's going to be tough though with Ultra looking as good as they do.
1: No, hundred percent. I think that both those teams are going to be battling all season. I think it's going to be one of those ones where we maybe see. You know, phase one an event. We maybe see ultra like trading off events. that Those two together, but I think at the end of the day, you're going to probably see those teams like battle out towards the end of t- every single tournament. So, I'm looking forward to seeing how the rest of the season goes. But uh, at the same time, it's one of those ones where I hope to God that the rest of the the rest of the sort of pack, I guess, improves because right now it's looking like ultra phase, and then the rest of the teams are just kind of shit and I've spoke to like I'm here at Boston myself and I've spoke to a lot of teams and I've spoke to a lot of players and most of the guys are saying the exact same thing they think that Ultra in phase, they're in their own league and then everyone else is kind of dog shit and that just comes from even the players themselves on certain teams are saying that they think that everyone else is kind of you know one of, in those situations where they're all beatable everyone's beatable and everyone's confident but against phase ultra they're not as confident but um yeah it's one of those ones where I think that Throughout the season, we're going to consistently see these teams continue to improve, but I'd like to see you know, the, the other squads definitely put out more of a fight.
2: So, sadly, it's like, like FaZe, um, we are not clutching up. In our prize picks, um, our entry did not win. We unfortunately lost, and it was the most insane loss with accuracy. Um, he obviously did not have less than 45 and a half kills. I don't know what to say. I don't even know if I can blame us. Um, all our other picks looked absolutely great. And then that New York Rocker series from day one was an absolute shit show. Um, and somehow, by the way, the control, that game three control they had ended up going round five after all those restarts. And he ended up having like 35 kills alone in that that map. So that definitely uh, definitely bit us in the ass. Yeah. But I thought our other picks were solid um I was feeling really confident after after the first matchup when assault had 22 kills in the entire series but yeah unfortunately we did not do so hot what do you guys think about our about our result
1: I was pretty happy with our picks I think that we we made some smart choices and at the end of the day anomalies happen and we were incorrect again but i think if you kind of like look back at the games and and look at our predictions i think we're pretty you know we're pretty solid apart from that point but i think at the end of the day it's one of those ones where lamar he just he just had to have a world star series and, and he yeah he,
0: he stepped it up the entire weekend so yeah i mean we do i don't know we just couldn't foresee it it's kind of sad that we picked him and uh he ended up hitting that but you know it's just one of those days man he every dog has their day but everyone else Hit that! Hit that with flying colors, bro. Every single one of our picks outside of that was great.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, we obviously have not had a hot start to this, but we got a whole season. We got, you know, we got obviously more matches coming up, more more entries to be placed. Um, I do have confidence that we will we will get hot, and go on a little win streak. Uh, lucky for us, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You know, we can get our picks and submit our entries in less than sixty seconds. So. Speaking of those next picks, let's jump over to the schedule uh, for mid-February when we'll be back. Um, We got a bunch of matches that we can pick from. Um, First ones are the Miami Heretics against the Toronto Ultra, the Carolina Royal Ravens against the New York Subliners. Um, Anything that jumps out to you guys on players? We want to stick to our same strategy of main ARs. What are we thinking?
0: We're taking the lucky less. For the third time, it hits every time. Lucky less hits every time.
1: Yeah, I, I'm I'm fully all in on the lucky less. I mean, you know, you know me. I was I had a ticket for the Miami Heatix, and and then I got off the train, and I got back on the train, and and then this weekend, I don't know what's going on. There are roller coaster of a team, you know. You know, two weeks ago, we were like, oh, maybe they've just kind of hit their ceiling. Then they come in, they go three o, three o, and we're going into the major thinking, oh, these guys might, you know, mess around and finish top three. I'm hearing off other teams that they're like one of the best teams in the game, blah, blah, blah. And then they come in and get double 3 would So I really just <laughs> don't know what to say about Miami Heretics. But one thing we know that is consistent is lucky on the West. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking lucky on the West for sure in that first <laughs> series.
2: Alrighty. What about anybody on Ultra that they play? Do we want to take Kleenex more? That's usually been
1: our The Problem and butter is as well. like
0: if it's a speed run, then like we we end That's up good point. Like, yeah. losing yeah. I out. think
1: I'm scared of the speed run after the event. I feel like Toronto are gonna come in, they're gonna write off the momentum and they're gonna come in and just destroy Miami. So Oh I mean, well, in be, that
2: case in that case, maybe an insight less? A speed run. We may as well go lucky
1: what? less at that point. No, I'm
2: saying both. I'm saying both. Well, what
1: other series are there? We're already doubling down.
2: Well, think about it. We're predicting a a, a speed run, right? A quick 3-0. Not a lot of kills to be had. Like, I don't think... inside. Like, think about it. Insight's coming off the event win. He's going to be feet up, just chilling. They're going to beat these guys, no problem. Quick
1: 3-0. Yeah.
2: I'm just saying, Mark. We got room to make up here.
1: Yeah, you're not wrong. I'm just... The thing is, I'm just not comfortable with it. I feel like we should just go like a more simple one this week. I feel like we should just go okay. like two or three. Bring picks. it back. Bring it back. Okay. Yeah. All
2: right. Well, the I'm... next one is the Royal Ravens against the Subliners. Yeah. <laughs> this week, one... <laughs> what player on the <laughs> the Ravens are we picking for less? I'm yeah. thinking
1: Tyler you know... Fellow less. Yeah, I mean, he Tyler was probably Fellow-less.
2: their best one of their best players this weekend, though. He I did, was yeah. only on land. Oh, God, only on land though. Though. oh, okay. So we're saying he's ass online
1: yes I'm saying Tyler's exactly. a land player like I, I know Tyler I think he's a great land player I'm, I'm thinking maybe comes back online he's feeling a bit rusty has a bad performance what are your thoughts
0: I could I could see that Um,
1: I could see but, that as well
0: wait listen I think I think we definitely take the Tyler fellow less and then on top of that we're playing a new patch and I think the gameplay is a little bit slower now so I think it depends we... what
1: maps they play as well like that's what I mean like right now we really do not know what Maps that some of these guys are going to be good on or yeah. the maps they're going to want to play. So we could, what about, in theory, see them spawn into some Karachi mixers and then we've just absolutely messed up our choices. But
2: So I like, I like the Tyler Fellow less, but think about this. New York Subliners is coming off a 12th place finish, right? No way any of those guys are happy with that. What about we take a Hydra more to double down with the Tyler Fellow less in this series? No matter if it's a 3-0 smoke show, I think Hydra comes out and plays out of his mind. Um, I think he hits the more. What do we think?
1: I'm I'm liking that. I've seen Hydra kicking about the event. He's looking a bit mad. He's looking like he's ready for some vengeance. So I'm I'm down. I am so down for that. I think Hydra's gonna come in correct in this next series. So yeah, I'm down for uh, Hydra hitting the more Tyler fell out in less and uh, then Lucky at less as well. I think that's looking like it's looking tasty. I think that for this back. Uh, yeah, I think we're going to come back.
2: Chris, You like awesome. good with I that? I like
0: it, I like it, yeah.
2: All right, so this next week on Price Picks, we'll be selecting Lucky Less, Hydra Moore, and Tyler Fellow Less. As always, go to pricepicks.com slash reverse sweep and use code reverse sweep for a first deposit match up to
1: $100. Lovely. What do you guys think about, like, the rest of this uh, competition there? I think that for me, right now, we obviously uh, talked about it at the start of the show. I think that Everyone else, apart from Phase and Ultra, are just really bad. I think that all the teams have massive amounts of improvement to make. There's no real teams that have like a, okay, this team are really strong on S&D, this team are really strong on Hardpoint, this team need to work on this. I feel like everyone else is just going to average everything and then you have Phase and Ultra are kind of strong across the board. So for me, that's a kind of worrying sign uh, when it comes to league. I think that we have a situation now where you need these other teams, the likes of Optic, to improve on Surge Troy. But then you have teams like Ultra who have never been renowned as like a strong hardpoint team, going on hardpoint records. So it's it's a very weird situation in the league currently, where I think that we are now in a point where we have so many teams that are just struggling to get results, and are going to continue to struggle to get results unless they make drastic changes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to like the game as well. Like I think this game exposes a lot of teams' flaws when it comes to like bad teamwork. Uh, because uh, breaking out of situations, spawn traps, like really in unideal situations, just requires a lot of teamwork because of how open the maps are. On top of that, the map set um, also is just like super AR heavy, and like every team in the league, I'm sure, built their roster with the intention of having you know SMG players and AR players. And right now, it's like oh, a lot of the hills, a lot of the way the game is played, it you just you can get away with running three to four assault rifles and it's not to say that they can't like necessarily shoot the gun well it's more so like the the positioning right the discipline that it takes to like run an ar successfully and maybe some of these teams are just kind of struggling with that um on top of all the other stuff that you know encompasses the the current game we're playing so i don't know man it's uh it's tough just to see how big the talent, the, the the gap is here uh in the league but at the end at, at the very least the middle of the pack is pretty entertaining to watch i think those were um, some of our more entertaining matches this year or this major
2: so, 100%. i kind of feel this way mark i think obviously ultra and and phase are set right like i think phase like even even though they got kind of shit on by ultra this weekend i think they'll improve you know they'll be back battling with ultra for that number one spot later in the year um but i really want to see optic and and new york improve um obviously new york right i don't I will say, I don't think we got a, a real showing out of New York. I think this was kind of an anomaly weekend for them. They're probably super down about it, but um, I think they'll battle back and, and perform well in this next stage. Um, and as far as optic goes, like, I really want to see them improve them in New York. Right. I want to see our top four be competitive across the board, which I think it's fair to say those are our solidified top four, even about after this weekend. Um, I, I, and I want to see the, those matchups between FaZe and Ultra with those two teams be a lot closer. Because I think, you know, they now that, you know, the, these rosters have formed in the offseason, they have the talent. Every single one of these top four teams are equal in talent, in my opinion. Um, it's all about who knows and plays the game better. Um, as far outside of that, though, I need some blow-it-ups, Mark. I, like, I know Chris said the middle-of-the-pack teams are like, they're a little bit more entertaining. But, like, I really feel like even them that middle of the pack, like the five through eight could improve as well. And I don't know necessarily if they're going to improve through just um, getting better at the game. I think there's a, an opportunity here to capitalize on some of these players that are coming out of challengers that look dominant that could really improve their squad. Boston is one of them. Like Boston, I think should absolutely make a roster move. They, they, and I think it's going to take that right. It's going to take multiple of these teams making, you know, whether it be hard changes or what, Roster changes to get better to to solidify those middle of the pack positions. We kind of saw this weekend, especially after the online portion. Like, there's some weak spots on some of these teams. Yes, there's weak spots in their maps, their map uh, pool. There's weak spots in their just how they play or their consistency. But at the end of the day, if you want to ever compete against that top four, you've got to have the talent to back it up. Even if you play the game perfectly, there's such a talent diff in the league currently between the top four and everybody else that that's where it needs to happen. And we saw it with Carolina, right? Carolina was horrible. Those guys were the worst team in the world. And then they made a roster change to two people, Like Obviously, Real's situation was a little bit different, but they dropped Goddard Rex, They got TJ Halley in. They got Fellow in. And they looked way better. Uh, I, I think other teams need to take from that. Like, stop waiting so long to make up for your bad roster you know, decisions in the offseason and make changes. LAT, those guys, they got to make changes. They're not going to improve with that squad. And and we could go top bottom and list them all. And almost all of them could use a roster change. Like maybe Miami doesn't have to, but outside of that rocker, they guys think they earn themselves a little bit more time, but everybody else should be on blow it up. Watch. They should be on the phone with these challenger players that played well this weekend. That phase black squad looked better than almost everybody else in the venue. Um, there's 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 multiple teams that have really talented players and challengers that could improve all these squads and um, I think if we really are going to get serious about this discussion of like where this middle of the pack can go, it's going to come in the next two weeks from roster changes.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I think that if you look at the you know fourth to eighth teams, all those guys maybe are in situations where they're happy with their placement. Like I think Minnesota come in, they're probably looking at. it you know, two weeks ago, fourth place and four wins in a row going into the online, uh, onto the land portion. They're probably happy with that, but at the same time, they might be in a situation now where they're at golden opportunity. They're they've just came up a fourth place placement. And although I think that you know they have bounced back and, and have a lot to build off of, now might be an ideal time for them to make that kind of big change that you know pushes them into that top three conversation because they clearly had you know a lot of issues going into it maybe it's one of those ones where they've fixed them all and, and this is the right roster for them. But at the same time, is now the ideal time to pack a bunch of the roster? Could you in two or three weeks' time seeing them do poorly online and and come into the next major and do poorly? I could. Personally, for me, I think it might be a good time for them to have that conversation at the very least. Um, and I think that same thing goes for the likes of Seattle as well. You know, I think that they came in, they pre- kind of performed around the conversation where we had them, you know, fifth, sixth. Um, we... You know, there's still a good result for them at the end of the day I think in some cert- situations they could have came top 8, top 12 5th, 6th is probably around the point where they feel like oh that's a decent placement but again I still think that those teams could improve um, but then again it comes down to the organisations themselves I think that some organisations are obviously less likely to want to invest and make obviously these big wholesale changes but the teams that I mentioned Seattle and Minnesota I think that they've clearly showed that there are teams that want to compete and, and potentially like contend for championships so i think if they're wanting to do that i think that you know changes in those positions could be something that they look at because i think that at the end of the day these are teams that are now you know finishing fourth fifth sixth if you you know make some slight improvements you can push yourself into that top scene you know get yourself into grand finals you know get yourself in the conversation of potentially winning a tournament i think
0: there's See, probably, that's probably only two obvious. I think there's probably only two teams that don't make roster changes, and one of them just bought themselves sometimes with a uh, fourth-place finish. And then the other one I think is just LAG because I think the the way they lost their series was uh, a pretty heartbreaking series, and they could have easily uh, been in the same spot that Rocker was. And obviously, like, Jade, they're just like a – they're a friendship team. Like, they are good. They're talented. But at the end of the day, like, these guys are players that are all familiar with each other, couple of them have played on certain rosters or planned on playing together so they probably won't change much um or if at all but i think every other team outside of like what rocker will probably make at least one change but to your
2: point though chris heretics are very similar to the lag oh, like and heretics, squad yeah. they're, they, they're spanish speaking so they would have to pick someone up who speaks spanish like i think they're a little bit more limited in their options
0: well they have a um, substitute that they were going to end up playing and i don't really know if they tried them out and maybe they just didn't like uh the way he played and they swapped him out with Journey right away, or if there was some other issue. Well, Journey as didn't to play why. too hot
2: this weekend, so
0: yeah. And Journey didn't play too hot. I mean, what if they just get another Spanish? I think the Spanish had a decent run in the Challengers stuff as well, right? Mark, I think that's possible. Yeah, yeah they got
1: top six. Uh, this the, the other Spanish guys, I could see them bringing Eric Boom in. Um, those guys finished third. Yeah, they finished third in the, in the Challengers event. And Eric Boom has played really well. My team personally played against their squad, and Eric Boom like performed really well against us, so. You know, speaking from my own experience this weekend, I think that he could definitely be an improvement uh, from Journey. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them bringing in Eric Boom coming into this next stage because I think that at the end of the day he's been putting in some serious ways of working to challengers, and obviously he's been performing well. They've, uh, you know, in all the cups that have lead into this point, and even this weekend they've been consistently performing like second, third, etc. So. I think Eric is one of those guys that definitely come in and make a difference for those guys because at the end of the day, journey statistically is not for one of the best.
2: The most obvious change for me, and I'll be really mind blown if it doesn't happen, is this Seattle squad. Like, Abuza is probably their best, if not second-best player, but he's an AR. He was supposed to be an AR for this squad. He was the best AR in challengers last year, like, arguably. Um, yeah. And, so, and, and <laughs> their weakest player is their AR player. So to me... Um, I absolutely think this team should look at either Benching or dropping Alec um, And and moving Abuza to that Role of the main AR on the squad And picking up a good sub Player that's what this team desperately needs Is some pace like obviously we talk About the way Kyler plays with a sub it's A little bit inconsistent like I feel like if they could get a good sub in Challengers to to, to match with, with Hook like this squad could look Infinitely better infinitely because I think that Abuzika is gross and I think him being on his natural role and letting another sub come in and fill that slot like that will in my opinion solidify their middle of the pack like obviously I don't expect to see Illy play as good as he did consistently this weekend Um, I, I think he had a like when, when the league first started when you guys remember when Seattle came out their first two weekends like Illy was frying it was like what what the hell is this and then he yeah. went quiet for like a month and then he come here this weekend and he absolutely world stars Um, so same thing. Like, I, I I think if this team makes a change, I think they'll be, you know, right up there with, with the rocker and, and, and for rocker, Chris, I think, you know, the way awakening played this weekend, like, I don't think this team should make a change right now, but if someone's on the hot seat on that team, I think it is absolutely awakening. Cause to me, he was so inconsistent across the board. Like he would start some series with like dub over dub neg in SND or and hardpoint and then get like two and ten in S and D and then bring his KD back in the control. But he was getting world starred in, in the most two important modes. So um yeah for yeah. me I think they should be on like that watch right like of getting someone else to replace them because I think that's another factor of like dude with the as competitive as the league is with these top four teams and everybody else like you need to make every improvement you can on the talent side of things and the consistency side of things if you want a chance to compete.
0: Yeah. I'm also thinking about teams like if on the lower end, like we got <laughs> Vegas. I think Vegas just needs to get rid of purge. He had a, a terrible series this weekend and then a good series. But at the end of the day, I just think the ways played even in the online matches, he he's the worst pretty, online. For he's, sure. He was absolutely the worst online. And I think uh, <laughs> these team, this team has some potential. I think Standy's fine. I think Nero is really good. And I think attach even has been playing really good um for this team and keeping them competitive in a lot of series where even though even though the map counts sometimes might not look pretty, um, I feel like they are put in, in positions to win these series and sometimes even win a couple maps against some good teams and they just don't end up closing out and, and and that's with people like having insane outlier statistics. So um purge probably on the way out um soon if I were if I were a betting man and then what other teams do we got here? Thieves. I, I the, oh, wait, the Thieves. The most obvious. Thieves blow it thieves up. Thieves in Boston. Thieves in Boston. Thieves need to blow it up. They need a two person change. That at te- least. They're, com- <laughs> they're completely terrible at one mode and then they're lackluster in all the other ones. I think Dan Ghosty had like a 1.4 over like two or three maps and uh, they were getting shit on the whole time. Uh, Cami has still yet to play good um, or consistent. I think the first two candidates to go, if they're making the two roster, po- uh, two-man roster change is going to be Afro and it's going to be Cami. I just think that they're too inconsistent and they're just not meshing well with the team and I think Dan Ghosty played fine on land and I think, you know, he people had the, brought him He on had the highest KD of the whole tournament.
2: <laughs> he only played one series, but he, yeah. had, he, did, he did finish with the highest KD.
0: Yeah, and I think Joe Deceives obviously being in the young end unless there's internals there, he still has got a lot of potential. Um, I just think the whole roster from the top to bottom, you just need to almost complete rebuild. Um, and then Boston, man. Boston's the confusing one. Uh, simply because they have a lot of good pieces on there that I think are talented in their own right, but they just have not been able to put together. Um, the person that you would uh, not really see dropping a 1.4 uh, in their match, dropped the 1.4, Slasher, he played phenomenal. Um, they ended up losing the series. Priesta, I think, has played pretty decently online, and I don't think he's anywhere near the problem. I think their biggest issues here is with their subduo. And with, um, I think Snoopy kind of being the face of that team in terms of like their like long term project and how much faith they put into him coming into the season. I think the clear outlier here is gonna be Cap. I think Cap has, uh, he's been kind of inconsistent. I don't think this game fits his play style. Sometimes I think, uh, like we we've, we've talked about it, uh, having patience and 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 the like is uh super important. And Cap is kind of a rogue player, so, um, Slasher is probably not too happy about that. If I were what? if I were betting.
2: We did see, uh, obviously, FaZe Black uh, won the Challengers thing. Um, and I, they all played well throughout the whole tournament, but Krimp had like a 1.4 in the final. Um, mm-hmm. And Krimp's been in the league before, right? Like, um, what team he's do you think he Boston ends up before. on? Yeah, he's been on Boston before. What team do you think he ends up on? I think he's, for me, he's like the lock pick, like number one draft pick, so to speak. Yeah. Up. yeah. I mean, I could thing- see
0: him landing on Boston. Sorry to cut you off. I could see him also landing on. Um, Seattle, um, just because I think that they need to move Abuza to an assault rifle. But uh, go ahead and say what you were going to say, Mark.
1: No, I was just going to say, I think the biggest issues with these two teams are their compositions. So, like, if you're bringing in safe, like, use Krempe as an example, right? If you're bringing him in and you're switching them with a like-for-like player, it's the, it's the overall composition. If you look at Toronto, for example, right? You know each and every one of those players what they're bringing to the table. You've got Insight. He's going to be the backline. He's going to be the guy that just, you know, plays his life, does, does what he has to do. He's gonna, you know, clutch up an SD blah blah, blah etc. Scrap. He's just gonna get put damage down. He's gonna be just that guy that just chows everything he wants to. Uh, Dylan Envoy. He's gonna do the dirty work for Kleenex. Kleenex is gonna chow. These teams don't have clear identity and roles within their team. Defined sort of, I guess, um, strengths. Uh, and I think that, that that's one of the things that you need to look at. Where you could bring in a player like Kremp. Obviously, he's just one challengers. But at the end of the day, if you put him into the wrong system, it's not gonna work. I think at the end of the day, these teams need to define what they want as a as a collective whole in terms of you know what they want each of each individual player to do in a specific role, and then they need to go from there. Because I think that if you just look at the LAT team and you look at the Boston team, it just looks like a weird match, um, like a, a weird mix of players. Like you look at Boston, for example, you have Snoop and Caps. I feel like you need one of those guys to be like that. Dylan Envoy type player where you know what you're going to get from him in terms of consistent plays you know he's going to make the right plays at the right moments. they don't have that those are two guys that are very like x-factor type players and you have them both in the same role so as you don't really have that level of consistency there so for me I think it's more so about them defining what they want to build collectively going forward rather than just like being like okay let's just bring this guy in and hope for the best because I think you've seen that throughout the history of the CDL where teams just make like-for-like changes and nothing changes in terms of results. The best player in challenger gets brought in and regardless of that being the case, they still do shit. So like, I think for me, uh, the biggest thing would be just getting the composition on point and making sure that everyone's in their right specific roles and knowing what they want to do first and foremost. But I definitely do think that teams could make changes to improve them. Don't get me wrong.
2: I guess my question would be like I know, Mark, you wanted to talk about the hard point changes. Do you think that the changes that happened benefit any of these teams? To like, let's not talk about the top four to start. Let's talk about everyone else. Do you think it benefits any of them enough to like justify not making a change? Do you think them making a change they double benefit from both the change and the new rules? Like, because something to also consider is these challenger players have been playing on this new patch for weeks now, right? They've yeah. got the most practice, and the league starts up in um two weeks from now so i guess that's kind of my question to both of you is like do these new hardpoint spawns and hills change anything for any of these squads
1: i think that it's one of those ones where you know the likes of 100 thieves who have not been able to you know grind out a hardpoint one i definitely think they're sitting there like this is great this is great that hardpoints completely changing because <laughs> they've just been getting absolutely destroyed in every single season so i think that those sort of teams will be positive about it but do I necessarily believe that that's going to change the outcome of their season? I don't think so. I think that regardless, they're probably going to still find similar troubles. Um, I do think that hard play has drastically changed, especially on some of those, you know, the, the sort of bigger maps like Terminal and Invasion. It feels a lot different. Um, so for me, I think that, you know, teams are maybe like specifically good on those maps or specifically bad on those maps. It's going to definitely have a big advantage for those guys. But overall i don't think it's going to change too much to be honest with you so i think that you know the the composition in terms of what roles are running etc that has not really changed um you're still going to see the similar like two three ars so i don't think it changes much in that regard but at the same time i do think that teams like la thieves must be sitting there like yes thank god because we've not been able to scratch a a harpoon together. so they're definitely buzzing
0: what about you chris yeah, I'm on the same boat. I mean, I don't think it's going to change shit to be honest, even yeah. like it's it's nice that some teams will get a nice little reset. It's almost like a fresh start in the game mode, but at the end of the day, like the the fundamental issues with all these teams and their pacing and the way they even just like think about the game, like it's it's not going to change much. The spawns um arguably got worse. I don't think there's a I, I don't think there's a world where like it necessarily makes anyone better. I think it just kind of maybe stalls out the inevitable for some of these teams. So, um yeah, either way, I'm not a fan of the new changes, um, at least I'm not a fan of a couple of them.
1: Yeah, for me, I think if you look at these top teams, they just do the simple things right. You know, you if you watch S&D, they get into numbers of badges, they group together, they trade out kills. On hard point, when they're breaking hills, they group together, they make sure they're going together. And, and as as easy as to say, as like an analyst or someone that's watching, that is generally what it comes to down to a lot of the times in these Call of duty matches. is whoever has the best teamwork, whoever has these things, because all everyone in the league, especially now, everyone's got analysts, coaches, everyone knows what right play to make in most situations, or like how they want to play certain hills. But when it comes down to it, and you're in the game. It's how you communicate as a team, how you work as a team, and all these sort of factors that come into play. And I think that these are the biggest things that you see. The, the differential between teams like Toronto and then the, the rest because you know their their teamwork is night and day compared to these guys and I think that you know looking at like L E T for example they just don't look like a collective four that is all bought into the same system the same you know how they we, how want to you know act as a team outside of the game everything I just think there's very individual um, so for me, like teams like those, I think they're going to really continue to struggle regardless of whatever patch we're playing on, to be honest, because I think they need to really fix up on those little things. It's easy to say, watch and see on Codcaster, but generally, I, I think it's just one of those things where you have to, to really fine-tune those little, little moments in game because clearly they're doing something right when it comes down to practice. You hear from LAT, you hear from other coaches, you hear from their players that they're doing well in practice. I even heard this weekend that they, you know, were winning like 70, 80% of scrims. So like clearly something's going right for them in practice. And then when it comes to the matches, either our players getting nervous or they something, some sort of dynamic shift is changing within their team from, from scrims to, to matches that is resulting in them just losing every hard point. So um, I think they need to get to the root of that problem first before How anything How fast
0: happens. do we think
2: these teams make changes then?
0: How, wait, when's the first match?
2: Uh, February 16th so about two weeks
1: yeah
0: I think you'll see changes start to be made within this week
1: yeah me too I think I think there's gonna be a bunch of teams that come in this week and like after they've seen the likes of Carolina although ultimately they didn't end up getting a great result I think they you know showed that being proactive in terms of making changes can obviously help them going uh, and going to bet by
0: the week by this next weekend we will have rumors of teams either making the changes or teams already scrimming with their new fourths and then there'll be leaks on like social media and the announcements yeah. will come like the following week
2: what do you think comes first boston Which... seattle well actually i guess my question is do you think seattle even makes a change like, I, I know we agree we think they shouldn't, and we we know who it should
0: be. Like, do you think they make that leap that Abuza to Maine and Alec dropped? I think the first team to make a change is going to be Boston because they just oh, has, have always showed initiative when it comes to making changes. Um, the second team to make a change, it's got to be Vegas and then Seattle.
1: The thing is, though, I don't think Vegas are the most likely to make a change, just because what we know from like a don't have the business either. perspective, the, I don't think they're going to invest in terms of you know bringing in that other guy. And they, and like you, like you just said, Pat, I think they just definitely need that like leader type figure. So I, I think right. that if you look at Boston and you look at Seattle, I think they're definitely the two most likely to make changes. Who should make the change first? I think you could probably make the argument with Vegas. But will they make the change first, I think that it's more likely that the other teams are more proactive.
2: But here's my thing. Like, if you're a challenger player, right, and you're like, let's say your stock is high and it's very likely you get picked up, and Boston call, Seattle call, and Vegas call, I'm taking that Vegas call last. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. So that, and, and that goes for a lot of these teams. I'm taking the Thieves call last. I'm, you know, all these teams that have played bad. And this is why it's important to make these changes fast, right? Because if you wait, and, and this is what I was talking about before this event, we we kind of knew Thieves sucked, right? We kind of all agreed. They waited now until after the event. Vegas waited until after the event. But now there's teams that are just better than them that are going to want to make changes, and they're going to pick the best players first. And we know that. Players are going to go to where they have the best chance to succeed. And it, like I said, if Boston's calling me and I'm the number one challenger player, I'm not caring about what the Thieves are saying or what Vegas is saying right now because I'm trying to get on that Boston squad. And I think this is going to be... It's like a trickle-down effect. Like, Boston's going to get the number one pick. Seattle may get the number two. And then it's like Thieves and and uh, Vegas or whoever else is making changes are then going to be left with the worst option of all these roster moves
1: and that's why i think teams like minnesota right now regardless of them you know overperforming or whatever that may be i think minnesota right now it could be crazy i know they've just came top four i know they've exceeded whatever expectations we had of them but at the same time i think now is the ideal time to put yourself in the position to propel yourselves above the I likes agree. of optic and put yourselves in that conversation of potentially getting to grand finals so i think that minnesota should be having those conversations Will they? I don't know. I feel like they're probably going to just keep the same squad for next next event. Because at the end of the day, I think that as an organization, they are one of those teams that, although they have been proactive in the past of making changes, I think after a good result, they're probably not going to go ahead and like shake things up too much. But you don't know. You never know. I think that you know Looney and and those guys over there are definitely very smart when it comes down to Call of Duty and how you know how they can succeed as, as, a, as a team. So i think they'll definitely make the best choices for them as a squad but i think that at the same time now might be one of those situations where them getting top four might actually screw them long term because i think that if they make the choice to not make a change now it may end up come back to bite them the ask, you know going it forward
2: was, it was the same thing with that surge team uh in years past right like that surge team would randomly get like a top four, but it's yeah. like we knew what that team had. It had two good players and two bad players, and yeah. they didn't make a change. They stuck it out, and yeah, then that whole roster blew up, and, no, and you know they lost everybody. Um, but if they would have made a change, they would have been a little bit more proactive when they had Sib and Pred on their squad. They could have made changes to make their you know propel themselves um up into that top four and even compete and they did it and i think you know it's 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 obviously a tough call to make right you just got top four but i feel like you need to be a little bit more future thinking and and prepare for the fact that if you wait there may be no one else to pick up when you want to make a change so um yeah i agree i think it it should be on everybody's radar
1: yeah i mean i think that the More than likely, thing that's going to happen now going into this like kind of little period that we have now is you're going to see teams like LAT make a change because you know they're always been an organization that want to succeed, they want to win championships, and I think that they've built a good kind of core for there where they have a bunch of talent, but they've just got the wrong mat, the wrong mix of players. LAT
0: do not drop Cami and Afro immediately, and I'm not saying that because I have something against Europeans. I just I think dan ghosty is good and i think joe deceives still has a lot of potential and i think afro and cammy are just simply the outliers on this roster if they don't get dropped i will be mind blown yeah both of them right not just one both of them if it's one i mean thanks for trying but like
1: <laughs> yeah 100 percent. i think that um you know I've always got a bit of bias towards the European guys, but at the end of the day, I think that Kami and the Afro have definitely not been performing anywhere near the, the level that they should be. Uh, and not I where think. they were, right? At the yeah, end of the, the day, this, were, is, you know. this is my. This is, my like,
0: pu- this is also my question, though, right? So, like, a lot of people are saying, yeah, pick up challenger players, but at, one point, at what point do the pro teams look at the rest of the challenger pool outside of phase black and realize, eh, we're not interested in any of them? And players like, for example, Arcidis if he were to get dropped, um, Cami if he were to get dropped, Afro if they were to get dropped, Capsidal if they were to get dropped, end up on another league team. Yeah. Like I think this would be like the first time this has happened in a while because I feel like most of the time, last couple of years, um, yeah. the players that got dropped were just not in the league for a while. Or like Damn. maybe missed the stage before they got re picked up, you know what I mean? But it's so, tough, right? Because getting dropped like
2: is a nuclear bomb to your stock. No, you know, no matter what, and because basically, think about it, Chris. Like, I, I, I get where you're getting at. Like, once the top challenger talent is gone, you kind of have to make a choice. But, dude, if like you're getting dropped, you're basically the entire league is telling them like this was the worst player on our team. Like, there, you know, there yeah. may be even more reasons outside of why it's getting dropped, and um, it's tough because the players in the leagues who do get dropped become kind of known quantities because you go off what you've seen. Whereas the challenger players, you know. Appear to have a bit more upside because they could come in and fry, and you know you won't eat, you won't know. I mean, we've seen that before, yeah. but um, yeah, it's tough. I mean, I do think there are a couple outliers, like Capsule, maybe one. He's been bounced around the league a little bit before, but um, Alec I think is in a rough spot because once he got <laughs> dropped on from Atlanta, he went to LAG and had a really bad year. Like to <laughs> me, this was his bounce back opportunity, right? Like last year, he was bad, and we all agree he was bad. This year was his chance to turn it around, and, and I don't think he has. So it's like, would another league team take a chance on him after? Oh, I mean, there's obviously exceptions.
0: Back? Some of those players are probably not going to make it back if they do. But I was just mainly just naming uh, certain pros because at the end of the day, when you're making these changes, like for example, I'll give you like a good one because this was obvious. This is an obvious one when looking at a player like Afro if he were to get let like, go um, from LA Thieves because it's just not working out another pro team could be like, okay, do we want to pick up a challenger player or is Afro better than that challenger player? You see what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's, uh, it's different for every player, right? It's not going to be the same, but yeah, I know, I know exactly what you mean. There's definitely a a couple players where I feel like if they get dropped, they won't be back in the league for a very long time, if nope. at all. So unfortunate, but I mean, it's just the way it is, man. It's happened to, it's probably happened to all of us at one point. So it is what it is.
1: Yeah, and before we move on, I just want to say like I think as well it's hard as well because I think that you can't just consistently just rebuild teams over and over again and expect success. Look at the likes of LAG, right? They're they've built a new roster pretty much every year. If you can bring it to Toronto, their roster is essentially a sort of continued team from the original 10 man roster that they had. You know, yeah. there's there's been small changes, like one player in, one player out, every single couple months or like, you know, every single season. But it's pretty much been the same roster that's just made small changes. But
0: it's different, though, because Toronto always showed life. Like, even with their original team, like, they were okay. And then yeah. they made another change, and they got better. Then they made another change. They won an event in Modern Warfare 2019. And then, obviously, Cold War, right? You guys had that year where you guys were really good. And then that's kind of where, like, now it's like you were, you were already at a point where you guys were super good. And then you ended up, like, banking on a rookie, which – it's kind of the same thing that people are trying to do now. But he hard. ended up being basically the best player in the world. So it, it, it is hard. I know what you mean. But at the end of the day, I mean, the, it, whenever you're a team that is complete ass and there's a player on your team or players on your team, for example, that have not been traditionally good
1: for a yeah. while.
0: It's just at one point, it's just, it, yeah, sure, you know, Maybe in an ideal world, in an ideal team, you know those players wouldn't struggle as much as they do. But the sad reality of it is, is they're not going to get that world. They're not going to get that reality anymore. You got to just do something because, uh, you know, it's just the way of it's just the way of the land, man. It's happened. I think it's happened to. to it's ha- I feel like that even happened to me in my career. So, I mean, we'll see. Um, but I I, sus- I suspect a lot of changes. If if there isn't a lot of changes, I'll probably be ranting about it on the flank and just being absolutely mind blown because these teams are just garbage.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I would say the top two we are all in agreement here that I think that there's a lot of improvements to be made outside of that. Um but we're gonna go into some community questions now and there's some been some interesting questions actually from you guys from last week. So the first question we have here is from Abdullah Gaming and he has question for myself actually he says question for Marky B, were you close to bringing in Scrappy at the end of Vanguard season or were you always going to stick?
0: yeah why um, didn't you do that yeah i that, was hoping you guys would i was even talking about i'm like that, that guy is guy uh, that's quite a
1: little that's quite a good question because that's maybe something that's not ever been spoke about to be honest,ly like, in a public setting but um yeah there was definitely conversations about bringing scrapping it uh towards champs going into champs even like two weeks before champs which would have been a crazy change obviously considering we went into Bro,
0: i think you guys would have actually placed better <laughs> i mean Jesus i don't want to say anything but I think
1: that obviously it would have been crazy, considering obviously we went through the majority of Cold War together, and then we went through that yeah. whole season together. To then, you know, make a change one or two weeks before champs, it could have would have been a bit crazy. And yeah, it was, it was one of those ones that may have been a bit of a gamble. I think for me, from my perspective, we had the mentality that we trusted our team, that we believed that we could still do well at that event, and we didn't believe we needed a change. I mean, obviously, hypothetical situation like we could have potentially made that change and done better. But at the end of the day, it's one of those ones we. we I just remember what he.
0: I just remember when he subbed in for you guys and played New York Subliners, and he was the best player in the lobby. Yeah, and he didn't scrim. He probably he's never played with you guys before. He's never played against the likes of the people he was playing against, and he was literally the best player in the lobby. Um, and once he did that, I was like, whenever like uh, you guys were having your struggles, I'm like, dude, they should just bring this guy in, bro. Like. Like I was we, knew. Really just,
1: yeah. we knew he was going to be on the roster like going into the next year obviously i left her on the end of that season but like we knew that he was going to be on the starting roster the in the next season it was more so just the fact of is now the right time to bring him in or yeah. should we should we wait out type of thing um obviously nice that we ended up finishing like top six that champs so on hindsight maybe it was like good a good gamble to take but at the end of the day at the at the time if i'm to rewind to that point i don't know if i would have made a different decision i'm still happy that we kind of ended off the the team the way it did but uh, you know i as a coach as a competitor i want to win every single competition i'm in so yeah in my head at the same time i'm like if we'd made that change would that have made a difference or could we have potentially won champs that year maybe but it's it's all hypothetical and all a kind of situation that you don't really know how it would have played out at the end of the day um i think for players as well it's important that they come at the right time i think that if scrap comes in under prepared and and sort of thrown into a new situation and go one or two ways he could have ended up coming out with a bad result at champs and carried that into the next year whereas i think he just came in fresh next year ready to go so um i think there's so many different sort of ways of looking at yeah, it I think, he,
0: I think you guys made the right call at the end of the day like you never know like he could have came into that team and if he would have played bad like imagine his stock would have just got ruined like yeah. uh, coming into a, yeah, that would have been crazy. Could have been in a completely different world nowadays. But uh, let's go on to the next question. Uh, we got Joey Bats, and he's just not even a question, it's a comment. He said, Optic hasn't been good since 2017. <laughs> Wait, did Optic win an event in Vanguard?
1: Yeah, they did. They did.
0: Ah, this guy's just an Optic. They won their home Pat's, series, though. I think it's Pat's ringer, bro. It's
2: not my ringer, but they won their home series, I believe, right? The thing the is, every,
1: Tor- every, not Toronto, every Optic event has a home series pretty much. Like, they're, always, fair, the, they're all, always the fan favorites, so I don't think that typically means a thing for them, but I do think it's an advantage to them at the same time. But I, I do kind of agree that in terms of, like, the Optic banner, you know, if you can bring them to, like, a sports team, you put them in the conversation of those, like, you know, in, in basketball, like the Lakers, the Celtics, the and you look at the, in every sport, they're, like, that sort of main, main team. And they have definitely underperforming that banner as a whole. They are, they are,
0: they're still a good team. They're just, I mean, if, they, if you take well, away that, it's impossible the name. not to be a good team. Yeah, look at yeah, the yeah. ta-
2: rosters that they've put together. I mean, look but at the, the, think,
0: the brand and organization. But, they but can the make... problem
2: is the rosters that they've had since the dynasty broke up. Right, so let's World War Two to now the rosters that that organization as a whole has had have been insane. They've had always top four, top three talent rosters in the game. But they haven't been able to produce wins. I think since then they've had two actual wins, and it's the Vanguard one and the one in Black Ops 4, the kickoff in BO4. And it's like, when you look at how much money that organization has spent on salaries and getting players of this talent, this, you know, um, the skill level, I think two wins across six, seven years is absolutely worth the conversation of like, these guys haven't been as good. I mean, look at like just Toronto, right? Toronto by himself since the CDL era. And they didn't come in with like a ton of money, spending a ton of money, getting the best players. They made a damn 10 man squad in the beginning of the game or the beginning of the CDL. And then they just picked from and and improved their roster over time. They've, they've made infinitely more finals and, and championships in the CEO era. So I, I think it is worth the conversation of like something in my opinion has drastically been different since like the prime optic gaming, and what we've seen in the last six, five, six years.
1: Um, well, if you look at the Prime Object Game, and they've essentially brought in, you know, players that had all won and had success, you know what I mean? Whereas now I feel like over the last like five years, they've obviously brought in players that are good, but not players that are like winning every event. They've kind of brought in like the that talent they've brought in well, the That's because flashy type players. They've not brought in like guys that just get the job done. Get W's on the board. Well, that's I, I because think the players they the want,
0: the, the players they actually want, are just unattainable. Like they want the players on phase.
1: Yeah something They're going to want the players on yeah,
0: Toronto, etc. That's, et that's just not like, realistic. Just not like you exactly. can't. Yeah,
2: I mean, it was the same thing. I'm <laughs> sure they wanted my EG team. Hell, they ended up buying them right after we had broke up at the end. It's, I, I guess to me, like they again to Mark's point, they build rosters of talent. They don't build rosters of winners, and I I think that's the difference that you see. Like they'll always be flashy. They'll always be popular. They'll always have the stream numbers. They'll always, you know, still be in the conversation of top teams, but they don't consistently get the job. Done. I think.
0: I think optic just genuinely needs like a really good coach, and I'm not saying they don't have like <clears throat> good coaches or like analysts or anything like that. I just think like I don't know. They just need to. They need. To, they need somebody that's like nerdy, but like still. Um... I don't know. Just like not too They much. had, like, had, the though. They, to the had they had Cinder. Yeah, yeah they, they need literally somebody... had Troy Cinder, yeah, and then he goes to New York, and they then he wins Troy. four events they in a year or whatever. Troy. Like they they literally had that. He didn't. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's them. like a player respect thing. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, don't I, just, know I heard just... that
1: those players like don't want. I, I mean, that's is could be complete. They had nonsense. Rambo.
0: They literally had Rambo. They had Rambo and Cinder. Like, what okay, more uh, did you ask for? I mean, I Rambo, like just, Rambo's, Rambo like, is uh, coping, though. Rambo's definitely not a bad coach, but at the same time, Rambo is, Rambo, like, no, I, retired I like a long time co- ago. I feel like you're
2: coping, bro. I think there's just a mentality difference in that organization. Like, there is a winning mentality on other teams, and it's, to me, it never feels like the priority of that Optic squad. It never has. Like, yeah, and that, that's just my take on it. Um, like it, the environment matters, Uh the culture matters. And like, to me, there's just more priorities. It, it's just that simple. Like they're, they're not the, even, even the mentality of the players. And like, I like the Pred pickup and I like, you know, the, the Kenny pickup. Like, I think those match that, but like, even before that, like, look at Dashie's roster. Dashi has had the best shot in call of duty for, f- since basically he came into the scene. Like, but again, I don't think he's been around like that winning thing. I think, you know, players didn't like being on teams with Crim6, right? Like, his Crim6 bitched and all he cared about was winning. And like, if he wasn't winning, nothing was okay. Like, I just feel like that mentality has shifted out. Um, and it's not in that organization. That's my opinion.
1: Could be. No, I think I think that's a, a, not a bad take. I think if you look at, although other teams may watch it and think, what are they doing? This is pure for Gaze. If you look at Toronto, and I know I feel like i bang on about Toronto a lot, but like, they are doing all the extra outside of the game stuff to another level compared to these other organizations you have like you see little videos of them doing like tennis ball drills where they're throwing tennis balls each other building their hand-eye coordination before games i know this this may not even be factors when it comes down to it but if you see that team how they operate at events behind the scenes you know we we see them like fans most of you guys you guys are going to see them walk out on stage and how they play and perform but if you see them behind the scenes and you see how they operate as a team and as an organization compared to other rosters and in comparison to other organizations, it's night and day. They're like an actual sports team. You see them, they're together. They're they're doing shit together all the time. And they're just doing all these extra things that a lot of our other teams and organizations don't prioritize. So I think that's one of those things. They're just night and day. And I think that that's one thing that the Optic, although they have a great organization, great fan base they they have great staff there i think they've not been able to build that great background staff that's been able to propel them into that other level and and be a big like skill gap in a way because i think that that is actually a gap for toronto and um, that that's allowed them to succeed throughout their years at the cdl is that they've had that better organization behind them in terms of not money but in terms of they know what they're doing and but i think phase, that's the biggest thing like
2: that too to, to some extent like yeah in terms of preparation like they obviously have Crowder there i know he kind of shares that mentality of your mentioning but but yeah i mean i think it's it's again it's an it's an environment and a culture just difference um that yeah. i don't think people realize
1: yeah and uh bef- you know before we end off the show i just want to say make sure you guys like put your comments below make sure you guys ask ask any questions we have for future episodes um I uh, hopefully you guys have enjoyed tonight's episode hopefully you guys enjoyed major one i think that that's Stage in this season as a whole is going to be absolute chaos. I think we're going to cons- consistently see crazy results going into the rest of the season. So make sure you guys continue to tune in, make sure you guys subscribe, make sure you guys drop your comments and your questions below. And uh, yeah, I'll uh, make sure you guys go to prizepicks.com forward slash reverse sweep and use code reverse sweep for our first deposit match of up to $100. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week.
2: Later.